Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conversations of the Way. My name is Carlos, and today we're going to talk about a a topic that everybody hits on once in a while, and it's an interesting one, and sometimes a controversial one, right? And it's the question, are we in the last days? Now, I'm not sure why exactly it's so controversial, but it could be that people don't want to face that possibility out of fear. Maybe because if someone says yes, then it may appear that he or she is acting like a prophet. There have been many so-called prophets that have given like hard dates for the end of the world or the return of the Messiah. But I'm actually not talking about that last day. I'm talking about the last days, plural. Now, this can be subjective. What are the last days? Are the last days a thousand years or a hundred days? And honestly, I don't have an answer for that. But let us say that you're watching an American football game. And you just started watching the fourth quarter. You know it's the fourth quarter. But the TV is not showing you how much time you have left in the fourth quarter. It could be that they are in minute 12 or minute 2 of the game. You don't know 100%. But... Depending on certain factors like play calls or timeouts, you can discern how close it is to the end of the game. And in this conversation, we're not going to try to figure out where we add in the last days. We're going to discuss if we are in the last days. And we're going to do this by uh, focusing on 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let us start by reading verses 1 through 5. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. Other versions of the Bible use words like blasphemers, thankless, unloving, unforgiven, fierce, haters of good, and puffed up. These are very strong words to describe the opposite of what we should be. I can clearly see all these attributes in today's society. Can you? If you can't, you should worry because this may be you. And don't think that I'm not looking at myself as well. These words represented me at some point in my life, and now the Father is working in me to remove these things from my life. It is hard to look in the mirror and accept that I was once like this or that I'm this way now. We all should be looking to have Him refine us. We should be wanting to have the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit has its own attributes, but they are the opposites of the attributes we just mentioned. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16-26 through 26 state, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. 
But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. End quote. As we can see, there are complete opposites between them. One thing that caught my attention was the first verse from 2 Timothy chapter 3. It stated that there will come times of difficulty. And the reason why is because people are acting with unrighteousness. It is because we, didn't, we do not love God or our neighbor. No surprise there, right? Common sense will tell you that if people act this way, eventually bad things are going to happen. But also, God said this. If we go all the way back to the scriptures in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, you can read this yourself. But long story short, right after God gave numerous amounts of instructions on how to live a righteous life, he said that if we hold fast to them and do them, blessings will come into our lives. But if we don't, curses will come. I'll read a few verses and let us see if this resonates to today's world. Verses 20 through 24 state, The Lord will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration in all that you undertake to do, until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds, because you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the pestilence stick to you until he has consumed you off the land that you are entering to take possession of it. The Lord will strike you with waste and disease and with fever, inflammation and fiery heat, and with drought and with blight and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish. And the heavens over you, over your head shall be bronze, and the earth under you shall be like iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder. From heaven dust shall come down until you are destroyed. End quote. Some of that stated seems relatable to these times. Let us repent and stay in prayer that the other ones do not come to pass. Now, yes, I understand that we can relate this to other pairs of times, but I don't believe this should take away with what we're dealing with right now. Out of the attributes that we see in the last days, which ones stuck out to you? I'll tell you two that did to me. The lovers of self and disobedient to parents. The lovers of self stuck out to me from a video I saw that if I remember right was talking about the last days. The author related lovers of self to social media and selfies. People spend a considerable amount of time ensuring that these selfies are just right. The lighting must be just right among other things. Now I'm not saying that you should not take selfies and <laughs> the selfies are of the devil. I think you know what I mean. I'm talking about those that are like, hey, look at me. Now, in today's world, with all the technology that we have, 
we can all be movie stars. We can all be American idols. Idolatry. I would not say that I grew up in a strict household. I was not expected to get A's or to wake up at 4 in the morning to start doing chores on the weekends. But there was plenty of respect that was expected. There was zero of rolling of the eyes or talking back. There was a, a high standard when it came to that. As it should. But today, sadly, I don't see it. Every generation thinks that they're better than the last. I don't think that. But I see parents fall into the pressure of society and culture. The pressure of giving their children everything they desire. Parents are afraid of their children and not the other way around. And some may take this the wrong way and say, well, children should not be afraid of their parents. And I agree. Children should not be afraid of their parents. They should feel safe to come with them in every situation. But children should be afraid if they're not walking in the right way. Fear of the consequences when not walking uprightly should be a thing. I mean, we should fear God. And fearing God is a good thing. This is the opposite of what the world tells you. The scriptures state that the fear is the beginning to knowledge. Proverbs 1.7 And wisdom. Proverbs 9.1 And this makes sense to me. There were so many times that I didn't do a bad thing when I was a kid because I feared the punishment of my parents. And that made me wise and kept me out of trouble. So in my humble opinion, we are in the last days. How much time we have? Honestly, I don't know. And to an extent, it doesn't matter. Because tomorrow could be our last day, right? That means that we should be walking in righteousness all the time. Walking in the straight and narrow path. It is true that by faith, believing in Christ, we are saved. But that does not give us the green light to walk in unrighteousness. In fact, it is the opposite. Because we have Him in our lives, we should walk in righteousness. We will stumble. None of us are perfect. And that is why we receive forgiveness, grace, and mercy through the Messiah. But we cannot be practitioners of sin. One thing would be if we were ignorant of these things. In Acts chapter 17, verse 30, it is written, The times of ignorance God overlooked. But now He commands all people everywhere to repent, because He has fixed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by a man who He has appointed. And of this He has given assurance to all by raising Him from the dead. End quote. In context, the discussion was about the idolatry of an image. But this can be applied to anything. It appears to me that the walk is going to get harder as these last days come. I'm not going to claim that I know what will happen and when. I don't think anyone right now can. But that does not mean that we should not prepare. Living in the south of the United States, we know that at some point we're going to get hit by a hurricane. We just do not know when. But some of us prepare. We stock up in food, batteries, fuel, and so on. You guys know the drill. But what happens every single time? <laughs> you see people run to the stores and to the gas stations because they were not prepared. Spiritually, it reminds me of the parable of the ten virgins from Matthew chapter 25. Let us read this one as well. 
At the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but they did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, "Here's the bridegroom! Come out to meet him!" Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, "Give us some of your oil, or lamps are going out." No, they replied, "There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves." But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the, bri- the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others, all, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Ecclesiastes chapter one verse nine states, "What has been will be again; what has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun." End quote. So we should take some of that same advice that Paul gives to Timothy in chapter three, verses twelve through fifteen. In fact, everyone who live who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as of you, continuing what you have learned, and have become convinced of, because you know those whom you have learned. And how, from infancy, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through the faith in Christ Jesus. End quote. Paul warns Timothy of a deception that is to come, but as we read further in chapter four, we read that these people want to be deceived because they want to go after their own passion. Paul emphasizes to stick to the word because he knows that it is truth, and he knows those who have learned it. This is especially important. We must be careful who we entrust our faith to. Not everyone on TV with a suit and a smile is speaking the truth. They may think so, and they are just deceiving themselves and, in return, deceiving others. So, how do you know who is speaking the truth? It is simple. You need to read the scriptures yourself. That way, you will know if anyone is trying to deceive you, whether consciously or subconsciously. Final thoughts: It is true that the scriptures state that no one knows the date or time, but the scriptures gives us enough information to let us know that we are in the fourth quarter. It tells us how to prepare for when that time comes. It equips us with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to discern these things. Let us not be caught with our pants down. Let us not be like the foolish virgins. Let's have our oil lamp full of His truth, and not give it away to those who are not willing to wait for the Messiah. Paul says it beautifully in chapter four, verses five through eight. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry.
for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. End quote. All right, everyone, that's all I have for you today. I hope that this was a great conversation for you as it was for me. I hope that we keep seeking him in these last days because he's coming soon. When? I don't know. But like I mentioned, we don't know when our day will come. So let's go, Let's keep pursuing his, his worth, his truth, and his righteousness and let those blessings come into our life. All right, everyone. Hope all is well. See you next time.